Dude, I was in a conversation the other day where somebody was saying paradigm, and I was like, am I just wrong? Did you slap them in the face? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to episode 168 of Sprint, a UX podcast, your source of weekly UX product and tech news. I am Alex Hoffman, and joining me today is also Jesse Weaver. Hello, I'm Jesse Weaver, and Michael. I am Michael Dusing, and we're back. The we're back. Here. Woo! What, what, what? So, up, Jesse, mm-hmm. what is new in your life? What's new with me? Um, this is not investment advice, but I started investing in crypto. Ooh, which one? Which is potentially a mistake. Um Bitcoin, yeah. Ethereum, and Dogecoin. So basically, you just lit a bunch of money. I on was fire. like, "What can I do here?" <laughs> All of them. Yeah, I mean, you didn't buy any NFTs, though. That's the new age. I still do not understand NFTs at all. I have read about them and every time I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. Then I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) I mean, it's not, it's not that hard. It's literally just like a unique like file that can't be corrupted that then, you know, you own the original of that file. Isn't that it? I own the original of a lot of files though. (laughs) They're not worth any money, but you can't prove it. That's the point. The blockchain makes it provable. Does it? Does it? So they would have you believe. Pretty soon I'm going to get myself a freezer for my cold wallet. Well, do you guys follow Beeple? Hell no. yeah. I love Beeple. Dude, Beep- so do you know who Beeple is, Michael? He's a no. monster. He's a monster. <laughs> so I he's know nothing dip- about this subject you're talking about. So Beeple, Beeple crap on Instagram. He's a digital artist and he's been doing a digital piece like a piece of digital art every day for what is it oh like, yeah yeah I saw every, every day 13 years or something yeah and the stuff he produces it. it's just like insane it's insane it's totally insane it's like crazy like not safe for work like weird dystopian shit with like buzz lightyear and disney characters <laughs> yeah it's like buzz lightyear and there's like some nipples with like milk going into a political figure's mouth it's uh, it's out there it's totally out there but he he's been like a bit he's been on like the forefront of this nft stuff and he literally sold an nft at christie's it was like the first you know digital piece of art auctioned at christie's and what did they go for like 63 million dollars or something holy smokes you know my dude see that's just like what is literally he what worked he for 30, now. He literally worked for 13 years and in the last probably 12 months has probably made somewhere between like 50 and 60 million dollars. Yeah, and you know what's crazy about him is like it's this Jesus. concept of showing up every day. Yep. And like if you want to like have a strong social media pre- uh, presence, you need to show up every day. Dude, to and be fair, he did it like, like crazy he posted a 3d animation every day every day okay to be fair 69 69.3 million dollars is what it went for jesus i mean even after you pay taxes that's 50 percent of that and you're set forever totally 
So yeah, and then so you, you, just probably, buy, you probably made then you just buy Dogecoin and a bunch of totally. NFTs yourself. You and go all in on Doge to the moon. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, so I bought Ethereum in December of 2017, um, and have watched it skyrocket and plummet now three or four times. Yeah. Um, currently, I'm doing pretty well, but I am. I literally, basically, I was like, okay, I'm taking a wad of cash. I'm tying it to a bird, letting it fly away. And someday it might come back to me or it never will. I mean, it's like playing the lottery. Who cares? You know what I mean? As long as you can yeah, afford it, totally like is. give it a shot. I mean, not, this is not investment advice. I want to just keep saying Yeah, we are, we are not giving you investment advice. I mean, dude, the, the crazy thing is like, had I gone all in, um, I might be able to retire because of that, but oh, no, totally. But that like, the amount of risk that you're taking too much, just, too much, just yeah. insane. Yeah. For so sure. like, yeah, to watch a small amount of money grow three or four times, or 10 times even is pretty incredible. Um, yes. but like you kind of actually have to be stupid to throw your entire financial future into something like that. Well, and I think the thing that's funny about it is like, Someone I saw somebody tweet about crypto and basically saying this feels very much like two thousand, like early two thousands web, like bubble, you know, which probably it is. But like again, if you have some money that you can like afford to throw around, it's like it's like being in a casino, like literally, I, like I feel like from I'm day to day, like literally from day to day, it's like thirty percent swings. That's crazy. Yeah, which is just like, you know what I did, Jesse? What? Um, I was talking to some friends about it, and we were like, okay, we're in for the long game, right? So we bought some, deleted every app on my phone that shows me the prices. And just like once every two years, I open it up to see what I got. Yeah. Well, I keep, I keep feeling like I should just have a pot of money that like every time a new coin comes out, I just buy a stack of it <laughs> and just, just sit on it. And like, you know what the problem is there? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have any money left because there's a new there's coin, so many coin every day. Yeah, yeah totally. Anyway, so that's what's new with me. Throwing, throwing, away, throwing away money on money that isn't worth anything and you can't even use to buy anything. So Burn it now. It is really interesting to me, though. It, it is funny. I just do want to say, seeing some of like the reaction to like the crypto world and like some people who are like big in the investment world, like poo-pooing it, like big time investors have been like manipulating assets forever. And they're all, and they're not tied to any value. They don't mean anything. It's all bubbles. It's all speculation. So like, who gives a shit if like the regular person gets to make some money off of some crazy speculation on something that has no real value. I mean, that's the same thing for me with stock. Like you can say what you want about stock and being in a real company, but there's manipulation all over the place. And it's not tied to anything. If you watch the stock market and actually look at earnings, like it is completely separated from reality. Right, and they have all these tools and resources that are not available to commercial, or no, I'm sorry, real, real, retail investors. Yeah, retail investors, totally. Um, this podcast is not brought to you by any financial institution or financial risk <laughs> advisement. Please do not use our advice as financial planning. Yep. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, it's it's crazy, and like I highly encourage. You know what I what I love about it is it's gotten folks like me and like the you know 19 year old kid who like just got his first apartment who's like you know what 
I'm going to put $400 in Doge, Dogecoin, you know? Like, that's yeah. awesome. Like, the fact that we got that going on. But I mean, yeah, to be fair, like, people that would never thinking about investments, period, are thinking about it. Same thing with Acorns and some other of those things. Um, there are negative aspects to these things, too. And this is totally not the subject of this podcast. But, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting the view of retirement and long-term investments that our generation has Mm -hmm. is so different. But you didn't put all your money in life insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what the fun part about our generation is and not working at the same place for 30 years? I have 401ks with like seven different companies. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Oh my God. I just combined like four of them and it was a lot of work. every time i'm I look very at combining proud of things, myself there's such hard penalties that i'm just like fuck it it's staying oh really yeah. i i i found that like well whatever let's get on to the episode what are we talking um, about what are we talking about <laughs> so speaking of the current world and how crazy <laughs> things are um we're all we're doing this podcast remotely um zoom has a thing um, we are all been working remotely and making work happen in a pandemic world. So what we're here to talk about today is how is that going to change as companies start to go back into the office with everyone being vaccinated and it being safe to gather more than six people in a location? Right. And I, I, I'm starting to hear things on the Twitters and stuff like that where Certain companies, and I'm not going to name any, are requiring people to go back full time to the office. And there's charter. Been, there's been some backlash. Comcast. <laughs> and and I think it'd be worth it to spend some time to discuss. Like, does that make sense, or should we kind of try to find a hybrid? Should we let people stay at home all the time? What, what are we feeling? So yeah, how does this evolve? How do we transition from a world where, okay, your kids distract you, your life distracts you. Um, we live in a weird world um, where we all just come into a room and turn on a video chat um, and do work. Um, how do we get back to the water cooler conversations, the hallway deals, the cafeteria lunch deals? Um how does that transition? I mean, I was, I was on a related note, uh, we're doing user testing on a product I'm working on right now. And uh, we were talking to salespeople. And one of them was like, my life is 180 from what it was before. I used to go to large companies and go to their campuses. And yeah, we'd have meetings. But the majority of my deals were done like before the meeting or after the meeting, like in the hallway, at lunch, at after work dinners, like like sales is a lot about relationships yeah. and my life has innately changed where now I have to schedule those impromptu serendipitous meetings. Um, so in that field, they can't wait to get back to these places where they can kind of, you know, schmooze people in person and, and use the anecdotal elevator conversation into a, a contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really interesting. I think it will be, I mean, however the transition plays out, like I think it will be 
different depending on your industry for sure. But I think it's going to be weirder than everybody anticipates. Because I think you meaning know, what? Like well, what what do you what do you think the future is going to be? Is it well, going to be remote? Are we well, going to just go back to what we were pre-pandemic? I guess if you think about the future as like you're on a trajectory to get back to pre-pandemic, right? And maybe that's not a trajectory. Are you? Well, I don't know. Maybe that's not the, tra- the trajectory that we're not. on. But let's say companies are, you know, there will be this weird in-between. Well, regardless, really regardless, I think there'll be a weird in-between for a lot of companies that may be permanent, but maybe temporary, where you've got like some group of people that are remote. You've got some group of people that are in person. Yeah. I mean, think about our industry, like so much of, I mean, we've really dug in on Miro, Mural, Fig Jam, all these collaborative tools um, online, you know, where like we can brainstorm or whiteboard together because I mean, Jesse, I used to like work next to you and I'd be like, Hey man, I'm trying to solve this problem. Can you walk over here to this whiteboard and I can like show some ideas to you? Yeah. That doesn't happen remote necessarily, or you have to find different ways to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've actually brought this up before on this podcast, but um, I'll reiterate, I think an interesting solution to this problem is there's a company called work from that primarily used to be like helping people remote find places to work from like coffee shops or other places that were rated well as, as quiet or had good Wi-Fi. Um, they kind of pivoted and evolved to this idea of virtual office space um, where like I can host a chat room basically um, or a coffee shop of my own and people can pop in and out as they want virtually. Um, and it, it's actually a really good way to say, hey, I'm working over here. If you have something you want to talk to me about, jump in there. Um, not just like Slack, but more dedicated, um, where like a team can work in the same coffee shop during the day and they can bounce ideas off of each other. Um, but it's much more collaborative. Um, there's no video to it. It's just text chat and you can have coffee shop sound backgrounds or um, uh, audio like playlists that you choose. Um, but this idea of a more digital workspace, um, uh, we were talking about this briefly before um, where there's not commute times, there's not travel expenses, there's not travel times, um, you know, like, the one advantage to salespeople having to travel a lot in this world is like, it doesn't take two days to get somewhere and get settled and then have a meeting and two days to get back. Um, For better or for worse, the company spending less money to connect you to your people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, for me too, if I being, you know, freelance, if I have to go back to, in-person client meetings, it's going to be hugely detrimental to what I can manage and get done for sure. Like I would have to cut, I would have to cut travel time. Yeah. I'd have to cut my client load in half. Like literally I can, I can manage twice as many clients into people's offices. Um, Because you're not spending 45 minutes to a meeting and 45 minutes back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But what's going to happen to their whiteboard? (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) seriously. (laughs) 
But I mean, I, I think uh, we I think... found, my point is, I think we found ways around a lot of those things. And there are still like, okay, I mean, let's be honest, getting somebody's undivided attention on a Zoom can be real hard. It's impossible. Um, it, can be, it can be really hard. Okay, wait, I wanted to bring something up though. Like, I think there's something about uh, working remote that like keeps you accountable for showing up to Zoom meetings. Does it? Yeah. Everyone's still late. They're like, oh, it took me five minutes to get here. Like Zoom wasn't loading or it wanted to update. Right. Well, and here's another thing I want to bring up is like what, you know, um, turning on camera culture. Because I think that's a real thing that's starting to happen now. It is I'll be in thing, some yeah. meetings where like it starts off where like nobody has their camera on and then everybody turns their camera off and it's just like a camera off meeting. And then I'll be in some meetings where people start with their camera on and other people feel obligated to turn their camera on because everyone else is sharing. Yeah. Like there's. Uh, I actually am on a team for one client and project I'm on that I think it's interesting. Everyone has their camera off until they, till they like give their presentation or their opinion. Mm, that's um, and interesting. I, I do find it refreshing that when somebody's expressing their opinion, they turn on their camera so you can see their passion and their facial expressions. Um, for better or for worse, when when everyone else's camera is off, you can't see their facial reactions to, ooh, I don't agree with that point or whatever. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, it's interesting because I think to thinking about it through like a freelancer contract lens, I think it'll be the good thing is now more and more clients have worked through what it means to work with someone remotely and have the tools. True. And so I think it yep. might be easier for us to be like, Hey, guess what? I'm not coming to your office. I'll do this. Like we can do this meeting remotely for full-time employees though. I think the challenge is going to be, like I was saying, you, if you end up in this in-between state, it can be super challenging and awkward. And so I, I teach up at CU and there was one point somewhere in the beginning of like last fall semester where we were trying to do sort of like a hybrid thing. And some of my students were remote somewhere in person. And it was one of the most difficult things to try to manage because you're trying, you're talking to the people in the room and the people on the, on zoom become like sort of very secondary. You can't see when they're asking questions, you're not paying attention. And the exact same thing happened to my kids with uh, remote school. Like when everyone was remote, it actually worked really well. And then a bunch of because you're back. paying attention to it so, totally the teacher's paying attention like everybody's in it and then a bunch of students went back my kids were still remote and like i don't know that they've ever felt so isolated in their entire life like teacher wouldn't like wasn't paying attention it's nothing no fault of the teacher but she's engaging with the class or he's engaging with the class right like so and so these students on zoom are just like off to the side and i think that's what ends up happening here in this interim world is like you get these people who are still remote and you're having an in person meeting they happen to be on the on the computer everyone else is having side conversations in the hall and whatever and now you you become really isolated like i don't and know to your point yeah. you're not a part of those side conversations so, so you are i know missing out i know here. we said x in the meeting but after the meeting, I was talking to George in the hallway, and this is what we decided. So, like, yeah, right. we and decided that on out. Zoom, but we changed our direction afterwards. Yeah, so right. I think and a lot of, yeah. Go ahead, Alex. No, sorry. Uh, you, and then you define you find out like two days later on Slack, like, oh no, we changed that. Like, oh, that's right, you're remote. 
sorry <laughs> you know that's the that there's troublesome there although i think at the same time since we've been so remote this entire time like if we can keep that remote culture in the office what do you mean by that i mean that like don't have those water cooler conversations if you do have those water cooler conversations go back to slack teams or whatever and reiterate that stuff i will say that we've we've done a better job of having side (laughs) side zooms and then saying hey jesse alex and i were talking yesterday about this problem because he had some time and here's what we thought what do you think yeah um i think we now related note um I think we have more empathy for people's personal lives than we ever have before. Amen. Um, it used to be the worst thing in the world if my kid came in and interrupted me during a client presentation. And now people are like, oh, like you have a cute kid. How old is he? Mm-hmm. Um, like that's... Like, I don't feel like when I'm having a conversation before a meeting starts that people are just filling time. I actually feel like they care more than they used to. Totally. I mean, do you think we end up falling back away from that, though? God, I hope not. I know. I hope not either, because my ability to, like, get a thing done during the middle of the day between meetings and whatnot, like, I'm like, oh, have to turn on the sprinklers today whatever you know oh you mean like a personal thing yeah yeah something a personal thing that has to get done in between the day i don't have to take time off work i don't have to like tell people about it i just go do it yeah like like i can order groceries and they arrive and i can go put them away right that in my opinion in terms of like this this idea of like oh if you're not in the office you're not being productive like okay step back for a second look at the big picture you're now enabling people to get these things done because there's all sorts of things as adults that we have to do done get done during the work week you know you can't do it on the week i mean to me that's one of the biggest advantages of being a consultant and a freelancer is that i'm in control of my time Mm-hmm. I can work when I want to work. Yeah. Well, and well, like, let's be honest, well, Jesse, we're working more than eight hours a day. Right. Um, it's just not during eight to five necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got people like me who work for the man. It doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, yes, you have a salary. We do not. Right. Well, that's not what I was meaning, but I was just saying that's that, what like, I there's, mean. there's time constrictions, you know, like constraints. Um, but, uh, I mean, I get- uh, to, to Jesse's point about consulting, though, like the other thing about like travel time and those things is I, I am busier than ever with consulting work, partially because people are now comfortable working with a lot of people outside of their time zones. Yes. Um, I mean, I would say 50% of my phone calls are East Coast time. Um, and like I... I sometimes talk to people in the UK. I sometimes talk to people in Singapore or China. Mm-hmm. Um, like the bounds of physical proximity 
because everyone is remote mean nothing yeah but will that stick well i think and that's what i'm saying about this hybrid situation is i think i don't want this necessarily to be true but i have this gut feeling that this only works when it's all in so okay let's play the flip side of that yeah does that mean that some companies and maybe more than would have previously are like you know what we're all in Potentially. Yeah, I think so. And I think they will be more successful at it than anyone who tries to do a hybrid approach. I mean, I've, yeah, I've done yeah, some but... meetings with Amazon and like Amazon in um, Seattle and Vancouver, they've mentioned that there's entire departments that they realize that there's really no reason why they mm-hmm. have office space for those people. In fact, they can save a lot of money by not paying the lease on that floor of the building. Well, yeah. Do- well go ahead, Alex. Well, I was just gonna say at this point, like you gave, you gave all these people this nice thing, and you take it away from them, like it's not gonna work out, you know. Like, and you say well, we're uh, all in or not all in, you know. If you do that, you're like, you're immediately gonna have a section of your workforce that quits. If you um, say I we're think... all in, you have to come back. Like people yeah. are gonna quit. I think we're shaping a culture where like employees have more choice and there will be companies that are like, you know what, we're going to do it this way. And other companies will say, we're going back to the way it was. And some employees will say, you know what, I have options now Mm -hmm. of companies that accommodate my lifestyle and my, my day to day. Um, Alex, to your point though, um, there are entire departments and companies that said, before we can't do remote because of x y and z one of the most common complaints was security concerns with like access to databases Mm -hmm. and internal systems and things they were forced to figure those things out because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and now that they exist you can't walk back the ability that like you can now access that system remotely that we said you never could work from home because you can't have access to it right and it wasn't can't it was we don't want to spend the money exactly exactly right and now they were forced to so they can't walk it back right so what do you guys think now what do you think do you think think about where the future goes do you think i think we've created an atmosphere where companies now have the option to choose the ecosystem they want to create and in my opinion, there will be more, more companies that offer the option. And as a result, more employees that have the option to go work for places that fit the kind of work lifestyle they want. Well, and you have companies like Google who have like basically said they're fully remote you know, for X amount of time and encourage, like I know people who work there who move, like move from San Francisco to like Portland, for example, or whatever. And you know, what happens does we talk in a couple of episodes ago, we talked about sort of that great dispersion, right. Of people like moving out into like yep. these, you know, whatever other areas, what happened? Like if Google's like, guess what? Everyone's back in the office. Like are all those people just going to move back? You know, no, like, I don't right. see those people moving like people moving to be closer to family, people moving to have the house they want to have the neighborhood they want to have the schools they want, like, that you think, reevaluation of what's important to you in your day-to-day life. Do you think, think these people 
campuses see... was a bad idea. <laughs> well, here, well, here's I mean, another. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I see employees digging in and saying, "This is what I want. If you can't provide it to me, I'm going somewhere else." Well, and it makes me wonder too what I said about the hybrid situation and that being a nightmare. I mean, that's a nightmare based on our current approach to things, right? Like when schools went back in session partially we didn't like change our technological approach to how we're doing it we just took a fully remote structure and made it hybrid and that doesn't work right oh my god you know what i want to see i want to see like little robots with ipads on the top just going to class well that's what i was going to say like do we do we does this end up pushing a whole new revolution in how we work because now we've got to solve this hybrid problem and we end up with a whole new set of tools that allow that get get over some of this like issue that I mean, does school become Ready Player One, where right. like school literally ships you a VR headset, and like you still go to school in a physical location? It's just a virtual physical location, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But at that point, why wouldn't you just be at home? And there's also going to be the age-old argument that like in-person interactions always going to be better. I think so. it is for certain things, but we've realized that it's not for everything. Yeah, I also think. I agree. Yeah, go ahead. Like I the think- morning, the morning stand-up for your team does not need to be in person. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Alex's thumbs down. The stand-ups, like, can we just do those like twice a week, please? Can we just like post in Slack what we're working on. Yeah, um, come on. <laughs> the uh, yeah, with the your- other thing that I think is going to be weird, not just like the technological challenge of this hybrid period however long that lasts or whatever but i think i think it's going to be more strange than we think to transition back to doing things in person like how do you do you remember how to run an in-person meeting like when i can't just like screen share and everybody can see it like what do i have to do right like i mean it seems like thinking about your like oh you're just printing like, things out and passing out handouts totally or like sharing up to a screen like or even fuck, taking like notes taking notes on a dry erase board and then having to record it in another way to have it. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like we're going to go back and be like, Oh damn. A lot of this like analog stuff was not that great. And like way harder than we remembered it being. Right. And the digital tools are great. Is there going to be some whiplash then? Maybe. I mean, you come out, you come out of a zoom meeting where you're using Miro and everything's (laughs) captured. There's no additional work to do. It's just there. You can move it around. You can manipulate it. You can like. I mean, in Figma, when I'm showing designs, I'm constantly adding comments mm-hmm. of totally. everything we say, and it's all in context, um, yeah. as opposed to writing down notes in a journal and then having to figure out like, what did I mean by this? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's super interesting. Like, there's so much that's like good right. about. Is this, is this helpful? <laughs> <laughs> Holding up your notes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know, super. And then there's also the other thing that's going to be weird. So I've been thinking a lot. This is going to be clearly, is that there's also going to be this weird situation of like physicality, where because like how close do we get? Are we high fiving people? Are we shaking hands? Are we set like I don't know. There's going to be a whole like cultural weirdness of like how do you greet people and like how close do I sit to you in the meeting and blah 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 like all of that. Now that feels more temporary to me, but. I just think the whole thing is going to feel way more bizarre than than we might be thinking it will. I also think that like some level of physical health is going to persist, Um, whether it's washing hands, whether it's sanitizing, whether it's not shaking hands at the beginning of meetings, 
like there's gonna be uh in between period where there's some weird yeah well, i don't like, think it's ever mass. gonna change yeah i don't think it's ever gonna change it and like okay so like in china ever gonna like, change had, back or i don't think it's ever gonna change back to quote-unquote normal there's no normal okay. anymore. Okay. like so china <laughs> had china had like the sars thing go back way back when yep. there's still lots of people who wore masks since then and i think that kind of same mentality is going to come through and in terms of like meetings and stuff like that i totally agree i think things are just going to be different and like you know people aren't going to shake hands as much anymore and more fist bumps but what i what i've struggled with at least internally on our teams is that there's the lack of water cooler talk, the lack of going out on Fridays and getting lunch and having a beer together, that lack of social camaraderie between myself and my other colleagues has dwindled. And I've, I've really struggled to try to find time and I really, to really try in meetings and stuff to be like, you know, how was your weekend? You know, like, carving out and some time for that but it's it's not the same it's not the same but i also think like the elevator talk that used to happen and your way into the office was filling time and being nice where the when i ask you how you're doing on a zoom i actually care more at this point um because we've cracked the door to people's personal lives you're seeing that more like somebody's dog or somebody's house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you like you see somebody's chaos um, and maybe that's okay. Um, I don't know. No, I think you bring up a really cool point though, is like to some degree you're being invited into somebody's home. Like you can see my, my house. I have a coworker who has a, you know, four-year-old girl, and she's very talkative. <laughs> like I feel his, <laughs> I feel his pain <laughs> when he's trying to have calls and she wants some Oreos or. Um, I have a three and a half year old, and yes, it is constant talk. Okay. Yeah, and you know, it's like there's a certain amount of um, connection. And knowing this, but that, some of it's amazing. It creates, yeah. That's what I'm saying. In a oh, positive I love it. Yeah. Way. yeah, like I feel like I get to know these people a little better. We're all in our, our homes, and like sometimes exactly I like, like, Zoom calls in the morning. My hair is like this, and I'm like, what are these well, and there's like <laughs> empathy there, um, and like I might see you're disheveled in the morning, Alex, and ask like, hey, what were you up to yesterday? And you're like, you know what, we probably not a smart decision but we stayed up late last night and did a star wars marathon like for may the fourth like <laughs> right like yeah. those are the things that connect people as humans and i do think there was more authenticity in this world authenticity is a really good way to describe it i like that more so than like yeah that it's very it's much more authentic do you yeah, I love- so is the future okay in my mind to sum this up my point my point is that 
because people have experienced this, there will be a choice to strive for more authenticity and more personalization in the future. And the way that I see that coming to light is that when companies try to force things back to the old normal, employees will make a choice to go elsewhere. Potentially, yeah, some will, absolutely, for sure. I also think we're all going to feel like way more cooped up in the office. You know, like True. To, your point, to your point, Alex, of like being able to go do something or like walk down to your refrigerator or like whatever, like there is a freedom, even though, okay, look, we're on Zoom all the time. I get it. Like there is a little bit of like being shackled to the computer, but it's also like where the context of where you are, it feels more open and free versus like I'm stuck here. People are watching what I'm doing, you know. I mean, God, yeah. in previous employers, there'd be bosses who were like literally tracking when people came in and out of the office to understand like who's quote unquote working. Like that's- Yeah, off like the, the walk the- at 5.30 to see like who's still at their desk. Yeah, like that's off the table right now. And I think people will feel a little bit like Im- imprisoned <laughs> in an office, yeah. you know, suddenly, which will just be, it'll just, it's just gonna be really interesting to see what a- psychological mm-hmm. responses. Yeah, on a related, unrelated note, I am interested to see how people respond to commuting. Yeah. Well, traffic is getting worse. Like I'm even oh, just yeah. driving down to my co-working space and I'm like, damn it. Like, can we just well, go back to everyone like, being home? Yeah. And you're like, holy hell, I, I could actually get to downtown in 10 minutes. And now it's 30 minutes. Like, yeah, I feel why? like rush hour has like moved itself back an hour or two. It has. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many choices that people have to make, and I are we think- all just gonna are we all just gonna revolt and burn down all the buildings? Or are we just gonna be like, "Fuck this"? Yeah. And just like start like. Honestly, if I owned a building that leased, <laughs> if I owned a building that leased workspace, I'd be real worried. Right. Well, okay, so that's a good that's a good point though, because a lot of these companies, when they get office space, the leases they get are typically like five to five, ten, years. ten years yeah yeah, yeah. a lot of companies uh, i can't like, imagine mm. i can't imagine the companies looking at their bills that like we paid for this office space for the last year and there's yes. been two people that have been in the office yes no it's crazy it's totally crazy dude it was <sighs> so crazy when i went i went to go pick up stuff like a couple months ago and like you walk through the office there's like coats hanging on people's chairs it literally looks like everyone went out they went out for lunch and like didn't come back it was kind of the best thing i've ever heard was you describing how you went to the office and you were like somebody's tupperware was on their desk and it was like six months of mold (laughs) oh my god yeah (laughs) that's amazing Some, some serious stuff like that and then i was like just gonna take a couple chargers and be on well and i think you know of course too there, there would be like different reactions like i'm an introvert you know but it took me a long time to figure that out because like i am i like to talk to people whatever but like you know i recharge at, by being by myself and there has been something nice about like not having to chit chat small talk with people constantly sure. you know for yeah. for eight hours be alone with your own thoughts totally totally <laughs> I feel um, like that it's like a double-edged sword for me. I don't know, like so I mean, much of like my work is like work chat. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, can we just talk about what's going on in your life for a minute? 
Yeah. I mean, I host a meetup and like, you know, people continuously talk about like, when are we going to do back in person? I am legit scared of what's going to happen when I get 200 people together because people are going to, the people that are social extroverts are going to rage. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, that's what happened. The roaring twenties came out of the pandemic. That's true. That's right. It's it's actually legit. Like, I mean, I don't know, whatever, but like, that was a big part of it. Had to like they were social, like there was the whole very similar things, and then everyone went crazy because they were like, We can't party. So, wait, is now the time to start a uh, in person platform? Yeah, I think. Well, and that's that's actually another interesting thing is, Will there be what does this mean for product technological backlash? You know, I mean, there was already a move toward interesting approaches for disconnection, like if you remember the um. Uh, what's that thing where you basically lock your phone away at concerts and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been reading about some like bars that like one bar, I forget where it was, New York or something, like basically built a Faraday cage around their entire bar. So like literally <laughs> if you went awesome. in, there was like zero, you know, zero bars. The whole That's time. amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I don't know. I think there there could potentially be like a swing toward disconnection for, for connection, right? Yeah, connect, true connection. Um yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see what happens with guidelines and things, but I imagine the first in-person meetup that I host to be two to 300 people drinking very heavily, hugging the shit out of each other, lots of high fives. Like, it's Great. it's going to be real interesting. Totally. Um, yeah. I, I'm personally, for one, actually excited for what's what's in store like you know i think there's so many great things that happened on a very unfortunate level but i think this has been very good for the workplace true yeah and i think it's been good for like people understanding like i never used hand sanitizer before (laughs) now i like every single time i get my car i'm like I will say that um, my closing remarks here on this subject are um, the Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell. What? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I That's like amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Saved by the Bell. All right, Jesse, what's your uh, little takeaway or something? My takeaway? I just think this is going to be super weird and I'm kind of excited to see what it's like. And Show I me the one, weird. And I, for one, I'm going to fight like hell to not go to in-person meetings. Hell yeah, I so. agree. I'm always going to fight like hell not to go to meetings. Yeah. Or I guess I just have to make sure all my clients are out of state so then I can't go to their meetings. My philosophy around meetings these days is there are collaborative discussions and not presentations with feedback yeah okay jesse you want to take us home yes i do thanks everyone for listening and we would love to understand what you think about what's going to happen when we all go back to remote so you know feel free to leave comments tweet at us we are at Sprint UX Podcast on the Twitters. Um, and you can subscribe to follow along on all the major platforms, iTunes, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Give us a five-star rating. 
you know, we love it. It helps us out. Um, you can also email us at contact at Sprint UX podcast if you have questions or episode suggestions. Um, and you can check out our website for episode notes and links to anything that we discussed on here. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm Jesse Weaver. You can find me on the Twitters at Harry Elefante. Michael, where can they find you? You can find me at mducing on the Twitters and most of the socials. You can find me at Hoffmander and I'm Alex Hoffman. And that's the yeah. show, folks. We'll that's see you in it. person. We'll high five, we'll <laughs> fist bump, we'll uh, foot shake, we'll and do we'll all the things. Drink like yeah. crazy. You oh, just wear your back card around <laughs> your neck, you know. I have no self control <laughs> when it comes to peer pressure. All right. <laughs> Peace, everybody. Peace, Bye, folks. Bye.